The Seahawks had several chances to pick up their second win of the season on Sunday, but found a way to lose it against the Falcons. I'll be breaking down their week three defeat on our latest postcast here on Locked on Seahawks. You are locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, 12s. This is Corbin Smith, your host for Locked On Seahawks. Thanks, as always, to all the 12s out there for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. Greatly appreciate it going live here from Lumen Field. A difficult loss for the Seahawks today, falling to the Falcons 27 to 23, a down to the wire affair. The Seahawks had a chance to win it late. And unfortunately, Geno Smith ended what was otherwise a really good day with an interception on fourth down. Falcons were able to get a first down and then kneel out the clock. And the Seahawks fall to one and two at the bottom of the NFC West. Certainly a loss they could look back on later this season with regret because they had their opportunities to win this game. I'm going to be breaking down key takeaways from this game, handing out my weekly game balls, and of course, our studs and duds in our three up, three down segment coming up later in the show. Now for our lead story here on Locked on Seahawks. The Seahawks really did a lot of things well on Sunday that set themselves up to win this football game against the Atlanta Falcons. They had 420 yards of offense. They converted on more than 50% of their third down opportunities. They won the turnover battle. They also won the time of possession battle, something they haven't done very much the last couple of seasons. Checking off those four boxes usually gives you a really good chance to win the football game. Unfortunately, though, the Seahawks have a major problem that continues to be an Achilles heel for them, and that is that they can't get enough stops on defense. They're allowing opponents to rack up rushing yards and bunches. They're giving up explosive plays in the passing game. That was especially true today against the Falcons. You just look at the first half. Marcus Mariota completed only eight passes in the first half. But those eight completions went for over 180 yards. Seven of the eight completions were 20-plus yards through the air. A number of them came on third down as well. There was one in particular that was a backbreaker, third and 19 in the second quarter. And as Pete Carroll summed it up after the game, the Seahawks just didn't play the coverage the way they needed to, flowing towards the right sideline and, and playing it like it's a third and long situation. They played it like it was third and five, and that created an opening for a receiver to catch a 26-yard reception on a third and 19. You just can't have that happen. So the Seahawks were really the first half. They were let down by their pass defense. Their coverage didn't come through. They didn't get a lot of pressure on Marcus Mariota early in the game. They did get some pressure on him in the second half of this contest. And late in the first half, they were able to start getting things going in that regard. But the secondary really let them down in this game, giving up a bunch of chunk plays to Kyle Pitts, Drake London and company in the first half. And again, Mariota only had eight completions. But when you're racking up 180 plus yards with those completions, you'll take that day at the office any day of the week. And so the Falcons were able to get a lead of 17 to 10 in the first half because of that passing game and getting a bunch of big chunk plays. And then the real issue for the Seahawks that's been apparent the first two games of the season continued into today's game as well, the run defense. Cordrell Patterson goes for 107 yards and more than 10 yards per carry after halftime. The Seahawks actually bottled him up pretty good in the first half of this game, and then everything changed in the second half. The Falcons became a different team offensively. The first half, they had all those chunk plays 
from the passing game. They didn't do very much running the football, and that all changed in the second half. They came out with a different mission to attack the Seahawks, particularly off the edge, and that has been an issue for this football team throughout the course of the season so far. They can't set the edge. Opponents are running at will off tackle. They were attacking Daryl Taylor again, whether it was on traditional off-tackle runs or jet sweeps, you name it. They were picking on number 52 a lot of this football game, and they were attacking those edges. And Pete Carroll seemed pretty darn frustrated after the game. This is something they have prioritized a lot at practice these last couple of weeks. They're trying to get their run fits to be where they need to be with the defensive line and linebackers working cohesively, and it just isn't happening. And like Uchenna Nuosu said after the game, you know, you take out two big plays in the third quarter by Corderell Patterson, and they generally did a pretty good job against the run. But those two plays, the Seahawks had just taken a 23-20 lead with under five minutes to go in the third quarter. Momentum seemed to be on their side, though there was a questionable decision whether they should have gone for it on fourth and two or taken the points. They opted after a timeout to take the points. But the Seahawks took the lead by three points and momentum was on their side and then the defense comes out and gives up two carries for 58 yards the first one being a 40 yarder for patterson nuosu he cut in too too much inside didn't keep the backside protected and so patterson's able to cut it back and rip off a 40 yarder then the net very next play goes for 18 yards and so that's deflating the falcons quickly are in the red zone and that's really how this game felt for the seahawks defensively they just kept giving big play after big play the first half it was a lot about the passing game second half it was the run game and cordero patterson averaging more than 10 yards per carry and the game winning touchdown the other problem that continues to show up for the seahawks early in the season their run fits have been terrible for the most part They've had their issues in coverage, giving up explosives. They've also been very up and down tackling. Saw that again today. The final touchdown that ultimately was the game winner end of the third quarter. Marcus Mariota gets blitzed by Jordan Brooks and calmly fires a strike to Drake London. Josh Jones comes up, has a chance to bring him down around the first down marker. It might have been a little bit short. Maybe the Seahawks can hold him to a field goal there instead. London's able to get out of the tackle attempt, and then he goes into the end zone for six points. And that ended up being the deciding touchdown there. There were no points scored in the fourth quarter. The Seahawks couldn't take advantage of a botched handoff that gave him the football back inside five minutes to play. Smith all the way through the interception of fourth and 18. They couldn't take advantage of that gift from the Falcons there late in the fourth quarter. So a really disappointing game, as Pete Carroll mentioned. A lot of chances to win this game. Probably a game the Seahawks should have won. And in the end, the same problems that have been cropping up week in, week out so far in the season on defense, they continue to be a problem. Too many explosive plays, especially on third and long situations, they just can't get off the field. Did have a three and out in this game, but they continue to struggle getting off the field quickly, and they're giving up long drives, and it keeps the offense off the field. Only three possessions for the Seahawks offensively in the second half. They had three possessions in the second half against the Broncos in week one. So you're seeing a lot of patterns here, and a lot of it revolves around this defense struggling to do the basics right now with this 3-4 system, continuing to have run fit issues. Tackling has been atrocious at times. And the secondary, you got a lot of new pieces out there. You got some rookies in the secondary as well. 
And that is contributing to them having issues with giving up some of these big plays on coverages that are either busted or the assignment isn't fully executed properly. So they've got a lot to work on, certainly. And this is a game that they're going to be looking back on. One of the few games on their schedule that you could circle at home and think, you know what, the Seahawks should have a good chance to win this game. And they did have plenty of opportunities, just couldn't get it done. I'm going to be handing out my game balls here in a moment on offense, defense, and special teams. Even to defeat, there's always players that stand out for the Seahawks. A number of players on offense, defense a little bit tougher to make that decision. But I'm going to be dishing out those game Game balls on all three phases of the game for the Seahawks coming up next in the second quarter here on our postcast edition of Locked On Seahawks. Life can be full of challenges. Recently, our family has undergone significant strife with family members dealing with debilitating health issues, and it's been a struggle for me coping with it mentally. Life can be full of twists and turns, so it's important to show yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me, but don't just take my work for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles can be invaluable. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. BetterHelp has a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, post-game edition. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. As always, thanks to all the 12s out there for listening to Locked On Seahawks and making it your first listen five days a week. The Seahawks, unfortunately, dropping their second consecutive contest, a 27-23 defeat to the Falcons at Lumen Field on Sunday. A lot of opportunities to win this football game, especially late. The Seahawks had the ball, had it down all the way to the nine-yard line, and Unfortunately, a penalty ended up canceling out that play, got knocked back off schedule. Geno Smith throws an interception on fourth and 18, and the Falcons get the, I guess you could call it an upset at home, but this is certainly a game that was pretty even coming in, uh, both teams being teams that were not expected to be playoff contenders this year. But Seattle had opportunities to get this game and just couldn't finish it off, and it was an issue for Geno Smith last year. And I think it's fitting now that we go into our game balls. And there were certainly some other candidates to consider here. I thought Tyler Lockett had another really good game. DK Metcalf maybe had one drop, but that pass was deflected. So I think that was a really challenging catch for him to make. Overall, had a really good game, had his first touchdown of the season. I thought several players along the offensive line played well. But at the end of the day, we're looking at game balls. you got to hand it out to Mr. Geno Smith under center. I thought he had his best game as the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. You look back at the three starts he had last year. Now three starts this year. He goes 32 for 44, 325 yards, two passing touchdowns, one of them being to Will Disley down the seam, the other one being a go ball to DK Metcalf and let him go up and high point that football for their second touchdown to tie up the game. I thought he was really efficient, again, completing more than 70% of his passes. There were a few throws that got away from him that could have been intercepted in this game. Uh, but with that being said, I think the area that he's really been most impressive these first three games here has been third down. He's done a really good job of finding Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf a few times today, Kobe Parkinson and Marquise Goodwin getting involved as well. That 
you know, he's been able to distribute the football to his receivers. And there was another one he checked down to DJ Dallas. Seattle converted on more than 50% of their third down opportunities today. And they were especially good in the first half, sustaining drives, getting downfield, and and finishing off a number of those drives with touchdown passes from Geno Smith. So I thought he played really well for most of this game. There's going to be some listeners that are going to point out didn't get the job done at the end. Yeah, certainly didn't. That interception that he threw on fourth and 18, you can't have that. The sack he took the play before on third and eight, that is probably the play that to me is the one that you can really put a red flag there for Geno Smith on because you can't take a sack in that situation. But the pressure was immediate. He was trying to make a play downfield, eight yards on a third down. It's still a fairly significant gain that you have to have to move the chains. Now, they could have gotten a quick pass and had a much shorter fourth down opportunity, but it just wasn't there. The pressure gets to him. So certainly not a perfect game, but I thought Geno Smith played really well, the best start that he has had for the Seahawks. And when your quarterback throws for 325 and completes more than 70% of his passes and up to that final play had not had any turnovers, you should win the game 95% of the time. The Seahawks, again, had opportunities to do it, and the defense did not step up their play enough to help the offense. They put enough points on the board to be able to win this game. It just didn't happen. So I thought Smith played well. I thought he played really well for most of the game. And to be honest, if you could take away that last sequence of plays there, he was clearly the better quarterback of the two today, even though Mariota made plenty of plays himself. I thought Gino played his mind out of his mind for a good chunk of this game. Now going to the defensive side of the football, this was a much tougher pick for me because most of Seattle's defense struggled in this game. When you give up 27 points, almost 400 yards of offense to the Falcons, a team that's got Marcus Mariota under center, they got rid of some of their best players on the outside in recent seasons. They do have Drake London. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is a major, major a matchup nightmare. But this is not an offense that has a ton of weapons necessarily. And they've got a journeyman quarterback just like the Seahawks do in Geno Smith. You give up that many yards, it's difficult to find bright spots. But I think Kobe Bryant deserves the game ball today. This is a rookie that has been much maligned in his first couple of games. You look at what happened last week. He had three defensive penalties called against him. Two of them were on third downs that would have ended drives for the 49ers and instead ended up sustaining them. Can't make those kind of mistakes. But again, this is a first-year player that just kind of got thrown into the fire playing slot corner, which he didn't play at all at Cincinnati. He's been playing for Justin Coleman, who's been out injured. And today did not give up any of those explosives that the Falcons had in the first half. He was not a coverage culprit on any of those plays. He also had a really nice sack that ended up thwarting one of the Falcons' most promising drives in the second quarter. It looked like the Falcons were going to march right down and put another touchdown on the board, and yet here comes Kobe Bryant blitzing like house fire off the edge from the slack corner position, and he blew up Marcus Mariota. This was not one of those you know real light like push-tap slot corner blitz sacks he blew up Marcus Mariota one of the hardest hits in the entire game ended up demolishing him back there and that led to a field goal for the Falcons instead of a touchdown so I thought he played really well in this football game provided a great opportunity for the Seahawks to go into the half with a little bit of momentum didn't carry that over as much as they needed to on the defensive side of the football. But nonetheless, I thought Kobe Bryant had his best game so far as a pro. He's making steady progress. And 
maybe just maybe he's improved enough the last few games that the Seahawks might feel like let's just go forward with him as the slot corner instead of Justin Coleman when he comes back from a calf injury we'll just have to wait and see what happens on that front but Nonetheless, I thought he played really well, had a solid game for the Seahawks in the secondary that otherwise really struggled for the most part against the Falcons. And with special teams, this one's pretty simple for me. You look at the special teams. I think it's Jason Myers. you got to give Myers the game ball because he made all three kicks. Pretty self-explanatory. There have been some big plays from the special teams unit the last couple of weeks. And today, there weren't really any mistakes by the special teams unit, but you didn't have any big hits by the kick and punt coverage. You didn't have any turnovers created or anything like that. So Jason Myers, by default, goes out, makes all three of his field goals, makes both of his extra points. So by default, he's going to end up getting the game ball. Now, to wrap up our postcast here, going into our third segment, as I do each and every week, it's time for three up, three down, looking at the studs and duds for the Seahawks, which players shined in defeat and which ones are going to be looking to play much better in week four when the Seahawks get on the road and face the Detroit Lions. Let's start with three up right now. And I'm going to start in the offense with running back Rashad Penny. I thought Rashad came out running really hard in this football game, had an excellent performance. Came out and had 35 rushing yards on just four carries on Seattle's opening drive that ended with three points, three straight runs to open the game of 10 or more yards. That's the type of explosiveness we saw from Rashad Penny late last season, and yet it hasn't been there very much early in the season because the blocking has not held up. And this game kind of was a microcosm of the way the run game has been for the Seahawks early on this season. Penny has had some success, but they haven't been able to get enough touches. They did have over 100 rushing yards today averaged almost five yards per carry penny averaged 4.7 had 66 yards for the game came up with a few big plays late but they haven't been able to get four quarters put together where the run game is playing at a high level and so certainly they're looking to get more consistency from that group but rashad penny i thought played really well today 14 carries 66 yards had a big play on a screen that unfortunately got called back that looked like that was going to win the game for the seahawks they had the ball at the nine yard line on their last drive after that screen play it gets called back with a holding penalty on damian lewis the seahawks are pushed back beyond the 30 yard line and then the rest is history they're behind the sticks you have the third down sack on geno smith and then fourth and 18 throws up a prayer trying to get the ball downfield and gets intercepted. So things didn't work out. But Rashad Penny had a really good game. I think certainly his best game of the year. And they got to continue to find ways to get the football in his hands because you'd like to have your feature back get 20 carries. And again, he was limited to just 14 in this game. Continuing on offense, Colby Parkinson with his second big game in three weeks. He was really quiet in San Francisco. Don't believe he had a single catch against the 49ers, but went out in this game and he grabs two catches for 44 yards. He's not getting a lot of targets, but when the Seahawks are getting him the football, he's shown that he can win as a downfield target. And you would expect that from a six foot seven, and he's a really good athlete with that size. So this is a guy that should be a matchup problem for linebackers and safeties. Yet the Seahawks have not really made a concerted effort to get him involved in the passing game. You've seen that change here a little bit to start this season. Had a really nice 36-yard catch that set up Will Disley's touchdown in the first quarter for the Seahawks. He also had another catch of eight yards that moved the chains for a first down. So you're seeing progress from Colby Parkinson. This is a player that has battled injuries his first couple seasons, had broken foot both his first and second season that hindered him in training camp. He had to miss games early in the season. That set back his development, but it really feels like now that he's finally able to get involved in this offense. Geno Smith seems to have a lot of confidence in all of his tight ends. He's 
mixing and matching his throws to Noah Fant, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson. But this is a guy that has maybe the most upside of those three as far as being a red zone threat and being the guy that can stretch seams just because of his pure size and athleticism. So it's really nice to see that he's finally getting involved in, on offense consistently. Maybe not as many targets as they like to get him, but certainly a player that is going to benefit from the presence of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as a tight end that should be able to make some big plays in the passing game. And on defense, I'm going to go with the other rookie corner playing in Seattle secondary. Tariq Woolen's got a lot of room to grow. There were mistakes made in this game. He gave up two of the seven explosives in coverage in the first half, and so he wasn't perfect. There are things to clean up, and, and for the most part, it's really assignments. One of those completions was a great throw by Marcus Mariota where it was just out of Woolen's reach, and, and that's an impressive throw with him having 33 and a half inch arms but the other one he clearly was not in the right spot assignment wise he's still trying to figure out the feel of the game so there are some areas he's got to clean up but end of the first half he showed off that 426 speed that he brings to the table jumping around Marcus Mariota throwing a pass across the middle of the field was trying to maybe get the Falcons into field goal position took a shot towards the middle of the field and Woolen jumps the pass intercepts it and it looked briefly like he might have a chance to turn the corner and maybe return it for six, but he was tackled as time expired, so the Seahawks did not get the football back. But nonetheless, first interception for what the Seahawks hope will be many for Tariq Woolen. Had a couple nice tackles in open field as well. Chased down Marcus Mariota running out of the pocket a couple of times. I thought there were a lot of really encouraging plays from Tariq Woolen, and we've been seeing this week in, week out. This kid comes up with splashy plays every week, and it feels like he's becoming more consistent in the secondary, and that's going to be a work in progress. Has not played corner very long and certainly has some room to grow from a technique standpoint, but he's already exceeded expectations. He keeps get be getting better week in, week out. He and Kobe Bryant, those are two bright spots on the defense that otherwise there hasn't been very much to be excited about in these first three games. But Woolen really is playing at a high level right now, stacks up well with players like Drake London. He has not backed down from any of the tests that have been given to him so far. The Seahawks have to be excited about that. Now let's get to the negatives, the, the duds. You're three down for this week, and I'm going to start at the offensive line which really played well for the most part of this game. And, and I thought Damian Lewis had some nice run blocks. So I'm not going to sit here and say that his game as a whole was awful. Coming back from a, a, a bruised thigh and also had an ankle sprain that he was dealing with earlier in training camp in the preseason, missed the season opener. He has had issues staying healthy. He looked healthy out there today, but he had two crucial holding penalties in the fourth quarter. That second one that, ended up negating Rashad Penny's screenplay down to the nine-yard line. That was a backbreaker for the Seahawks. Again, just revisiting that play, Rashad Penny, Geno Smith was able to dump it off with pressure bearing down on him, and this is not a team that has success running screens very often. But got it out to Penny. He had lead blockers out in front of him, rockets through the crease, down to the nine-yard line. The Seahawks had two timeouts left. They should have been able to finish off that drive with a touchdown and win the game. Instead, with that penalty, they get knocked back to second and 14. They get a six-yard completion to Metcalf on the next play. Third and eight, Smith is just trying to make a play, holds onto the football too long, gets sacked. Now it's fourth and 18, and they're 40 yards away from the end zone. It totally changed the complexion of the end of this game. It was a critical penalty, and you don't want to pin a loss on one player, and you certainly can't, but that holding play loomed very large late. 
the other one also stalled their drive and put them behind the sticks. That was something the Seahawks did really well all game until the fourth quarter was they weren't putting themselves in positions where they had second and 15 or third and 16 plays like that. They were staying on schedule. They weren't getting behind the sticks. Those two penalties ended up thwarting two of the three drives that the Seahawks had the entire second half. That last one was, again, especially a backbreaker. So it's unfortunate for Damian Lewis. I did think that he played fairly well in this game, but at the same time, those penalties ended up being a huge problem late in the game for the Seahawks. Again, only three points on offense in the second half. Those penalties ended up thwarting a couple of drives that may have been promising for the Seahawks. And then going to the defensive side of the ball, when you give up almost 400 yards on defense and 27 points to the Falcons, two of the three players are going to be on defense. And I'm going to go to the linebacker group with Cody Barton. And the last couple of weeks, he's been extremely productive. He's had a lot of tackles from his linebacker spot. But a lot of them have been downfield. Today, not only did he not have the tackle numbers, but you could clearly see that he was out of position on several occasions. And he is really struggling with the run fit aspect. This is the cohesion, your defensive line with the linebackers. There have been several plays where he's had linemen get up on him at the second level. He hasn't been able to shed blocks. I thought today that his pursuit angles were not very good, particularly in the second half on plays off tackle. He had opportunities to get to the ball carrier, and he wasn't able to to do it. There were a few times Marcus Mariota got outside and he was not able to take good pursuit angles to him. So you're seeing a young linebacker first time as a starter in year four, and he's going through some growing pains, especially in a new scheme. And I just thought that, you know, last two games, he's made some nice plays. There's been some splashy plays. There's been some mistakes. I thought today was a mistake filled outing for him. He's got to be better. They got to get back to the drawing board a little bit in terms of their run fits. I know they've been working on it, but Really a struggle for Barton today. Only five tackles on the afternoon. Had a lot more opportunities to make plays. There were a couple times receivers flew in behind him in coverage and he allowed receptions. I just did not think that he played very well today for a defense where a lot of guys really struggled. And in the secondary, last one on my three down list, it may be time to start thinking about a lineup change for the Seahawks. And, and they're in a difficult position right now with Jamal Adams now probably being out for the season, just had surgery to repair, a quad tendon injury. Josh Jones is expected to be the guy at strong safety. And Jones was Seattle's maybe best player on defense in training camp and the preseason. There's a reason that he won the roster spot. But for whatever reason, that is not translated to the regular season. He looks tentative out there right now. He's not wrapping on tackle attempts. He's not in great position when he's coming in to make tackles. He's not getting good breakdowns. He's missed probably seven or eight tackles, at least, in these first three games. He had a couple huge misses today. The one on London that ended up being the final game-winning touchdown for the Falcons. That was a play that he had an opportunity to bring him down. And it would have been maybe first down inside the five-yard line, but it was an opportunity to keep him out of the end zone, and he was not able to finish the play. He left a couple of tackles in the run game as well. It's been an issue. He just hasn't been taking good pursuit angles, has not had good technique bringing down ball carries. He's not wrapping a lot of the time. And I think in coverage he's had some issues as well. A couple of those explosive plays today happened in zones that he was supposed to be covering. And so they need better performance from him. Or it's time to go to Ryan Neal, who has been a steadying presence on this defense when he has been given opportunities. He's healthy after a high ankle sprain, kept him out all of the preseason, most of training camp. If he's fully healthy, Seattle may need to make a switch there and get Ryan Neal back in the lineup because Jones has really struggled for most of these three games so far again struggled with tackles coverage was not great today 
he contributed to the issues they had in the first half, giving up a bunch of explosive passes. So I think Clint Hurt and Pete Carroll, they're going to have to make a decision on that front at some point. I would not be surprised if Ryan Neal against the Detroit Lions is playing a lot more snaps on defense, but we'll see. They may give a little longer leash because of how well Jones played in training camp in the preseason. But again, that is not translated. He has not played at that level these first three games so far. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. Make sure to check out Locked On Seahawks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on YouTube. We're going to be coming back with our Monday episode tomorrow. Rob Rang will be rejoining me for our Monday musings. A lot more in-depth takeaways coming out of this 27-23 loss to the Falcons and much more. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. Thanks for listening in. Go Hawks.